This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Hey, mamas, thanks for tuning in for another week. I have to apologize if my uh, voice sounds a little bit stuffy, because I don't know about you, but this weather is crazy, (laughs) and it's getting to my sinuses. I'm over in New York City, and one day it's 20 degrees, and today it was 50, so I think it's catching up with me. (laughs) I'm sending you all very healthy thoughts for this new year. And hopefully I'll be healthy very soon too. So today I'm talking with a mom with a very unusual combination of passions. She is an internal medicine physician and she's also a cartoonist. It's really cool to see she has found this ability to illustrate through her cartoons life as a mom and the ups and downs and craziness that that comes with, as well as her experiences doing rounds as a physician. All of her cartoons are whimsical, fun, funny, super relatable to moms, and it just has this tangible realness that makes all of her drawings just so captivating. I love them. They're really, really fun. Make sure you go on Instagram to check her out. Her handle is in the show notes. But it was just a pleasure to sit down and speak with her about her experiences. So here is Grace Ferris. So today I'm talking with Grace Ferris, and you have, I think, the coolest combination of interests as I was looking up more about you. Those, the two main ones being visual storytelling and health. And I don't know if I've ever seen someone or heard of someone who has this combination. So you are a physician, a cartoonist, and of course, a mom. And I'm really, really excited not only to hear your story, but to just learn more, especially about the cartoons that you draw, because I'm a super fan. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) They, I mean, they're clever, they're fun, they're whimsical, and I'm pretty sure almost every mom out there can relate to almost all of them, if not all of them. Oh, good. Well, that's that's the goal, (laughs) for sure. They're so cute. So I was looking too about your past and you also went to Brown to study Portuguese and Hispanic studies and you got your BA. So where did your interest in those two combinations come along? Well, I, I had wanted to be a, a doctor for a long time and I thought that it would be helpful to like have some language abilities, especially Spanish. Um, and that, so I, I did one of these like eight year medical programs. And so the first four years are just regular college before medical school. Mm. And that's when I did the languages. Um, it was so fun. I, I, I would love to learn more languages. Like, um, I just think it's really interesting. Oh yeah. And are any of your family members or anyone Hispanic? Um, well, no, I have a, I have a cousin cause I'm from Texas. So oh. I have a cousin who's, um, who's American, but like of Mexican descent. Okay. And, um, and then when you grow up in Texas, I think you're exposed to Spanish a lot more. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I went to like a public elementary school where they did a lot of like bilingual education. Um, so some years you would be in the class where they would teach half the class in Spanish and then half the class in English. Um, and so. do you find, do you speak Spanish as your 
in your regular profession as a doctor. Yeah. That's yeah. so helpful. It's awesome. It's like the best part of my job. Yeah. Um, I'm a total slacker because my husband is Puerto Rican and Oh nice. Oh, I've been slacking on that. I'm it's like I have to give myself some corporal punishment. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Well, you could you could like um do more like kind of um just immerse yourself. I know. With his family. And well, and we've tried it together at home, but it's difficult because we just want to communicate, you know? So just end up speaking English, but eventually I'll get there, but that's really great that you're able to do that. So then after you got your BA, you went to medical school and you've also studied at some of the best schools, Brown and Harvard. Um, I'm also from Massachusetts and live in Rhode Island. So I thought it was really cool. (laughs) You went to both of those schools. So before we dive into into your life as a mom and your life even before motherhood, when did you start your sketching and drawing? How did that kind of come about for you in your life? Um, well, I've been doing that forever. Um, it, like since, since you were I a was kid. a little kid. Um, I used to spend a lot of time drawing families when I was like, uh, a kid drawing like huge families where they would have like 20 children and they would have like four babies like in incubators in the front it would be like a family portrait of oh my goodness how funny is that <laughs> was that a was that a premonition you wanted to have a family of 20 or <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> but now I live in New York so we're not gonna do that <laughs> right exactly now you don't have the space <laughs> yeah And so it just, you were just kind of born with it, do you think? Or does this passion for cartoons and comics come from somewhere specific? I think, well, a lot of people in my family are artists. And so I grew up like drawing a lot with my mom and my aunt uh, and my grandmother. And so, uh, and then the family drawing, that was like a kind of a a different interest. But um, yeah, I think I've always been interested in like, doing that kind of like visual storytelling. And now it's just a nice um, thing to be doing in medicine right now, because there's a a growing community of people making comics about healthcare, um, the caregiver experience and the doctor experience, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, your cartoons have appeared on BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, moms.com, et cetera, et cetera, just all over. You're blowing up. It's so, so amazing. I'm honored that you would interview with me. <laughs> oh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I think, well, the internet, like everything's so visual now. Like Absolutely. people are on the phones looking at things all day. So I think it's also a good time to be making drawings and stuff. This is a random side note that's just coming to me, but have you found any challenges with people just taking your photos and using them is there have you gone into any of that like the rights and all of that or do you just pretty much put it out there and whatever it is it is I think um like there are like people are definitely reposting it and I'm not great about signing them Mm. so that that can be an issue but but I feel like my style is pretty distinct so definitely that um I've had a lot of people, like, especially there's one that goes around the internet, like a lot, which is the sleep when the babies sleep mm-hmm. or sleep when the baby sleeps one. And it's been like translated a lot of times, which is cool. Oh, so people neat. will put their translation text over the regular text, which is just neat. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's mostly, I haven't had any like terrible experiences yet. It's mostly been positive. It's just so amazing how many people you're able to connect. Yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah. So let's dive back a little bit into you and 
Well, first of all, how many kids do you have? I have two sons. They're seven and four. And so let's dive back a little bit back into the past. And what was life like before those two little boys came into your life? You were in med school, as you mentioned, and what other kind of things did you have going on? Oh, well, I, I definitely had oil paints then, <laughs> which I don't have. You can't really do a lot of oil painting around kids. Right. It's like, there's lots of like toxic materials and whatnot. And um, I had this brief period where I got really into oil painting, um, but that, um, I kind of like, yeah, put the kibosh on that for now. Do you think you would come back once they got older? Oh yeah. I'd love to. That would be such a great like retirement activity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but now I have an iPad now that I draw on and that's, uh, super portable and tidy. It doesn't create like a ton of paper products and whatnot. So that's, um, that's been very convenient. Yeah, that's so smart. So you were going to med school, you lived in New York, or you lived in Providence? Massachusetts, yeah. You ended up, when did you move to the city? We moved here three years ago because my, my husband got a new job. And I, because I'm from Texas, I, I just assumed like all East Coast life is pretty similar, you know? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Which is dumb. It's so naive. But like, uh, I was like, oh yeah, sure, Boston, New York, whatever. We'll move there. It should be fine. And it was extremely like um, different and kind of. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, I had underestimated what it's like to move when you have a kid. So how old were they before? So they were obviously born in Massachusetts. Yeah, they were. They were one and a half and six, or no, one and a half and four and a half, I guess. Um, which is like also kind of an inconvenient time to move with kids because, you know, preschool is like always kind of a mess to yeah. sort out. Uh, we've been on so many different like preschool wait lists. You know? <laughs> That's crazy how that happens in New York too. I It's unbelievable with some of the kids that I've babysat and the fact that they have to almost like interview in order to get in and then the process, the application, it's just it's really crazy. It's like college. So how long were you and your husband together before you decided to have kids? Um, well, we had, uh, let's see, probably like we had been married for about two and a half years and we've probably been together for maybe three or four years before that. So like, like five or six years. And then, and what was he doing as a profession? He is an attorney. And so when we lived in Boston, he was working for the government um at the state house of massachusetts um and then we when we moved here he had like kind of a lifestyle change also where he started working really long hours so our hours kind of changed because i was working much longer hours in massachusetts and he had really flexible hours um it was kind of the primary caregiver and so it kind of swapped a little bit you were both pretty swamped him being an attorney and working at the state and then you being in med school, I mean, you probably didn't have much time at all. Yeah. Well, I was at that point, I was like a practicing hospitalist. So I was done with training. Um, but in my schedule could either be like, I, I could have periods where I was off and then I might have longer days where I was working. So, uh, but I worked a lot of weekends and so, but he always had weekends off. And were kids always in the plan for you guys or did it? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely, and we wanted to have kids kind of earlier because we wanted like our parents to know them. I think we both mm -hmm. 
like uh, I think all of his grandparents had died like pretty early on. So what was that experience like for both of your kids for you? Did you get pregnant pretty easily? Um, yeah, I it didn't take long. And someone at my husband's old job asked him, like, um, how long were you trying for? <laughs> Which he, he didn't like know the answer. <laughs> years and years and years. Well, how long have we been together? Well, he was like, oh, I don't know, but we've been practicing for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah. I kind of end up hating the term trying. I just feel like you should just you know, enjoy each other. And when the time comes, obviously the time comes, but you just enjoy each other. And then, yeah, trying, I mean, I can see why people ask that because I think it does like when you're older, it comes to the front of your mind. Like, because basically now I think if you're older than 35 and you've been trying for longer than six months, like then you're supposed to go see a specialist. So. Well, and nowadays to 36, I guess is geriatric pregnancy, which is Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so then what was your birth experience like? Did you go to a hospital or did you do any at-home birth or? No. Well, I gave birth to them both at the hospital where I worked. What and, was that like? Was um, that comforting? Was that weird? <laughs> it was, it was great. Um, that hospital's great. And um, it, I, like the first time around, I think I was more scared. Like you get very scared mm. um, during it. But but they both like were pretty easy birth. Like I, I was very lucky. They both came early, so I think that helped probably. Like the first one was two weeks early, and the second one was four weeks early. Oh wow! So, but they they were both like okay. They didn't have any like kind of medical issues or anything like that. But um, yeah, I think the second time around, I was much more prepared, and I like I was like I was a little nervous because he was so early. But otherwise, it's like okay, you know, I I. I'd like a healthy baby, also like a nice room in the maternity. <laughs> right, right. You were able to kind of get a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> That's always convenient. And so what have kids done for you as a mom and as a physician? What have they brought to your life? I think, well, I think they add like another layer of like kind of interest and complexity and like kind of the pros and cons of that, you know, like the complexity aspect, like brings a lot of headaches, but it also kind of like brings a lot more, um, you know, it's just interesting to have a couple of extra personalities in the family and our kids are so different, which you just never expect, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like you think your first kid, like that's how your other kids will be. And the younger one is so different, um, in like almost every way. So uh, that's been really exciting. And are either one of them artistic? Um, well, I think so. I think they do a lot of like arts and crafts at school. And so I'm never, it never seems like they're super interested in like drawing with me or something. sometimes I'll get the crayons out and I'll do something. And in the past, they haven't joined me. Although recently I was doing, I started doing a new thing where I would just try out the colors and so it's just making like squares of the different crayons and comparing them just to pass the time. And um, they both like came up and joined me for that. They were both really interested in just like doing kind of color swatches, mm. uh, which I don't know if it's because it was like kind of more approachable. It wasn't like so anything fancy. intricate. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I wouldn't say like, 
I don't think either of them would say that that like drawing or coloring or anything is like in their top yeah <laughs> activity. Well, you never know; it might come out later on in life. Maybe. Yeah. And so, for you, how did your drawings change before when you didn't have kids and you were just going through med school and then working as a doctor and then through pregnancy and then now into two little toddlers? How did that all? change did you see a change from your 20 family <laughs> drawing yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I I had I had been drawing a comic in college like a daily comic like that would be in the newspaper and that was kind of similar to what the Instagram comics look like although that was called the coupe de grace yeah right? yeah, yeah yeah exactly and what was that based around just experiences that you had had yeah so it was like kind of sad because it was like about my love life, but I didn't have a love life. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just, there wasn't a lot to draw on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, then in, when I was working, one of my, my old boss was like, Oh, Grace, he heard about the comic that I had in college. She's like, Oh, I've, I've been reading that there are like people who are doing medical comics and so maybe you should get into that. Um, so he, he was like very instrumental in encouraging me to kind of get back to that. Yeah. And so then I started doing some medical ones. And then when we moved to New York, that was kind of this turning point because all the time, all of a sudden I had all this time in the evening where I was going to buy myself, my husband would be working, the kids would go to sleep. Um, and so that's when I started doing kind of the more autobiographical um, mom comics. Yeah. So that ties into my next question, which is exactly do most or all of your drawings come out of real life experiences? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think all of them. Yeah. Like I, I've been drawing a lot of monster comics. <laughs> yeah. I saw one that you posted. I should look it up. I saw one that you posted recently that was really funny, but yeah, it was monster. And it was the kid asked the monster a question. Yeah. It was so funny. I'm going to be at my Instagram is just going to blow up with all of your comics because I think they're amazing, but you'll have to send me some of your favorites to share. But yeah, I noticed that the monster is really funny. <laughs> the monster. Yeah. The monster was like one day I was feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm such a monster. Like I, cause it was that, it was the one where I had to like sign up for camp and they were like, for camp, do you want the kid to come from nine to four? Do you want early drop off at eight? Do you want late drop off until five? Do you want like extra late drop off until six? It's like, <laughs> like I, I want care. it from eight to six. Like, I want all the full range of options. Yeah. And now I'm a monster. So that's when it kind of emerged. <laughs> yes, this was, oh yeah, that's what this, it was one of the recent ones that you posted where the kid says, but I didn't want scrambled eggs for dinner. And the momster says, momster has run out of dinner ideas that will please you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. True. Oh, that's so funny. So they pretty much all come out of real life experiences. Yeah. I so what have some, what are some of your favorite ones that you've seen or, I mean, not your, that you've seen, but what are some of your favorite ones that have come about or the most popular? Oh, the, well, the ones that, like, interestingly, so the ones that I draw the fastest, I would say, those sometimes are the ones that are the most popular. And so they're almost like ones that I'm just, like, tossing off and kind of, like, journaling, which I think is really interesting. Um, 
So maybe they're the most honest. I'm not sure. Most honest. Yeah. I think that ties yeah. into so many different things. I mean, like, cause I'm an actor and we talk about this a lot too, when you go into an audition and sometimes if you're in a rush and you you're on the MTA and it's going crazy and you're running and you get in there and maybe you take, take a second to breathe. And then you walk in the room and you kind of just say like, whatever, I'm just going to do this. Those are sometimes some of your best auditions. Of course, it's great to prepare uh, and all of that stuff, but sometimes those are the, the best ones. So it's kind of similar. It's like when you're just, you get a thought in your head and you just throw it out there. That's the one that gets the best response. That's really interesting that that, that can be your best audition because it's like, is that because you're not like overthinking it? Yeah, I think it's because you're not overthinking it and because you're not, um, you don't have time to get in your head. Yeah. You know, it's a necessity to sit and prep and kind of clear your head and get yourself centered and present. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes if you're there for too long, it can mess with all of that and then you can overthink it. So it seems like it's yeah. very similar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you find yeah. any certain patterns are um, more popular, like sarcastic comics versus, you know, or sleeping comics versus feeding comics or? Um, well, I think that the, like, probably anything about sleep is like probably the most relatable, like the bedtime stuff. Mm -hmm. Um because that seems to like cut across almost everything. Whereas like some of the food stuff, like that's much more food is like kind of so freighted with like lots of emotions. And so, yeah, I think sleep is probably the, by far the most popular one. Now, just about being a physician in general, what is the hardest thing about being a physician and a mom? Because you have a pretty grueling schedule. And so how have you managed that with the, with the two kids? I think, well, I mean, the type of like doctoring that I do is really fun. So I think that that offsets it. Like it's, I get to be, it's, it's very much like scrubs. Have you, have you watched scrubs ever? Yeah. Like it's, it is basically scrubs. Like it's like not the surgery ones, like, uh, but the main characters, like what they're doing, it's very similar to that. And so you're always like kind of rounding with the residents and there are lots of people involved. And so it's like, um, in that way, it's like, it's very consuming while you're there. And that definitely helped right when I went back to work, you know, when you have like little babies, because, um, I think, well, I don't know, but like, I always assumed that it, because it's so kind of, it takes over like a lot of your thoughts that it makes it easier to like, kind of switch off from like the mom mode. Whereas like, I think if you're at a desk and you're looking at pictures of your kid or what, you know, like that kind of thing, it might be different. Um, I don't know. Right. You almost didn't have time to miss them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, the, the pumping, I felt like that was like the hardest part, you know, especially when I went back, because that was like the part where you're like, you know, trying to balance a lot of things. And I think that brings up lots of mixed emotions. Um, and it did at the time because a lot of people like, when you would read pumping advice, people would be like, oh, you should like not do any work. You should scroll like, you know, pictures of your baby, um, which I found like that's, I, that's almost so hard. And so I feel like maybe sometimes like the middle ground is like reading like parenting stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I would read blogs and whatnot, but um, 
trying to almost educate yourself as opposed to missing them like you're feeling guilty and like finding something pleasurable to do I guess because you know I feel like pumping yeah it's like unpaid labor I really I've been thinking a lot recently about how I would like I'd like someone to pay me for my pregnancies and all of the pumping and nursing I did (laughs) I definitely think there could be some sort of a if you haven't done it already some sort of cartoon in there about you know the pumping mom machine the cost yeah and the oh, cost yeah. And- yeah. my a friend of mine like calculated out the cost i think um yeah and it was horrifying like yeah about like how much unpaid labor she was doing um and i think like when you're now cuz now i'm at a hospital where there is like a huge mother baby population and so now I think a lot more about like the medical risks that women take on and like how uh, right you're like you could die at any point. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you were able to have a profession that was able to kind of envelop you in it and you loved it. So while of course you naturally missed your babies, it wasn't like you didn't feel so detached from them. Yeah, I feel like I mean, I think it's super lucky to be able to like be in this profession and um I've mostly felt like tried to feel grateful for that um but uh there's like there's a really nice Gia Tolentino quote I read recently and she's not a mom but she writes a lot about like feminism and whatnot and it's about how like working with women are so are expected to like embrace the opportunities but be happy with like what they can have like <laughs> Um, like a double negative (laughs) yeah 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 but but in terms of like yeah these opportunities it's not so bad Uh, and also so I was doing a lot of shift work so when I went back it was like at the beginning I would do like a five-hour shift you know here and there and so I would I eased back into it Mm. What is your biggest accomplishment for for your artistry and your drawings? Oh, like um, what I'm most proud of? Yeah. This well, this whole year has been like such a dream because I I never thought like I didn't see the comments like the Instagram comments like developing this way and and they like it, it's exceeded my expectations like um, so that's been fun. It's been really cool to be on Cup of Joe because I've been reading that forever. Um, yeah. And I definitely read it like when I was pumping and like at the beginning of the mom journey. So I think it, that's been amazing. That's probably, probably, that's probably what I'm most proud of. I think the fact that you're able to draw and find that creative, you know, outlet for yourself and now it's blown up and you didn't even yeah. expect that. It's really awesome. Yeah, That's been cool. Yeah. It, well, and it's, it's neat to like, connect yeah, with people like all over the world who are like dealing with the same stuff. It's so yeah. So funny. Absolutely. And have you found, now you mentioned earlier with um, your medical drawings, you've started to do more of that and it's kind of taken off. Now, are those sort of medical cartoons that are bringing to light certain issues or what is that kind of about? Well, I've done a few, they mostly get published in my, the medical journal that's for my like society, which is internal medicine. So some of them have been like about pharmaceutical stuff and medicines um and then the more recent ones have been like a column called dr mom where it's about kind of work-life balance and the dr mom thing is all you or is it 
other people? The Dr. Mom is just every month I draw a comic about work-life balance. I love that. <laughs> um, and that's that's been really fun. Um, and it's interesting to see which of those like resonate with like the people reading the journal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just think it's so cool that you've found a way to balance it all and still to have that time for yourself and your kids. And who knows, maybe one of your two kids will have a little drawing inspiration. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we we can't, you don't know. Right now, like one of them wears a Spider-Man outfit to school every day. I love that. What's in his future? He wears it to school every day. That's amazing. What are their other interests? Um, the older one likes to, uh, what does he do? He, he's, I mean, he's really into like snakes and cars and scary things. And he's competitive. He really liked horseback riding camp. Outdoorsy, athletic kind of kid. I don't know if I would go so far to say he's outdoorsy. <laughs> he, he like he liked the like whole performative aspect of horseback riding. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it's yeah, it's just it's interesting to see how they like uh, develop in terms of their personalities. And yeah. And what about the younger one? The younger one is well. So the older one likes like sharks and snakes and like and likes like. Um, the books there are all these books now that are called like who would win and it's like where different animals hypothetically fight each other <laughs> so bad. it's like who would win the killer whale versus like the great white shark like that kind uh-huh. of thing um and like but the younger one is much more into cozy things so he likes bunnies and puppies and um, he likes building things and he likes superheroes. So have you ever thought about doing a book or have you? And I don't, I don't even know. That. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope, I, I think I, I hopefully will do a book and that would be awesome. Especially a children's uh, book would be so cool. Like to me. Oh yeah. That would be cool too. Um, I've been thinking about like kind of a motherhood book. Yeah. Um, so that'd be fun. But yeah, a children's book too would be cool. Although the kinds of children's books I like, the kids don't necessarily like. Right. I don't want to read like snake nonfiction all the time, but that's, <laughs> that's what they want. Like, okay. That's what they like. And what are you doing? Are you doing some sort of partnership with Netflix, Netflix family? Oh, I draw, I draw some comics for them, like, which are like about screen time and movies and that, that type of thing. Um, so from time to time, if I have an idea, I'll like send it over to them. That's awesome. That's been really fun too. Yeah. Cause I mean, the kids we're trying to like, you know, it's always like a balancing act of how, like how much screen time to have them yep. watch. So. Absolutely. So for any of those listening, you definitely, definitely should check out Grace's Instagram and I will put it in the show notes, but it is coup de Grace Ferris, C-O-U-P. D-E Grace Ferris. And I will put all of that along with your website and any other links that you have and um, people can check you out. But I'm going to have to do some searching too for some of my favorites to post because they're just so cute. I can't get over them. (laughs) And if there's any um, top favorites that you like, you you can send those to me too. But thank you so much for chatting. I, I, I just, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for moms who give themselves the time and space to be creative and artistic and expressive, you know, of 
of your life and what you're going through. And this is an amazing way probably to work out frustration and anxiety (laughs) and all the things that come with motherhood. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a nice way to build like community too. Absolutely. So the last little question I have that I always ask my guests is when both of your boys are 18, I know that's a little scary to think about, but when they're 18, what is something that you want to leave with them today? What are some words that you want to tell them today Hmm. for that time of their life? Well, I just, I, I would like them to be like, always be kind and respectful and make other people feel, you know, like they're very important. Um, and always be like curious. And I hope that they like find something that they enjoy doing or find a bunch of things that they enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to be all similar because like you, I mean, you can be a cartoonist and also be a physician at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, hopefully you can find like a mix of things that are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well balanced, diverse kids. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Grace. This has been a lot. It was nice to meet you. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.